0: So welcome, everyone, to episode eight of the Gamify Everything podcast. We talk about everything from NFTs and crypto to the metaverse and beyond. I'm your host, Marcus Howard, and today we are joined by Trinidad Amida. She's blessed us today. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Marcus.
0: So again, some housekeeping items. This podcast is produced by Gamify. It's an IDO platform for launching gamified startups. So that's blockchain gaming. Metaverse, eSports, anything that's gamified and has a cryptocurrency component, Gamify is the go-to platform for that. They had their IDO last week. They've just announced a new exchange they're on. Um, so if you have any questions, please go to gamify.gg or to the Discord or Telegram, and the team will be glad to answer any questions you have. Trinidad, it's awesome to speak with you again. And know we, we had a chat on the E for Life podcast last year. Uh, can you let everyone know who you are and what you've been up to since then?
1: So, um, yeah, my I have a very unconventional background. Like, I started off with um, working in banking, then I went into uh, higher education, and from there I went into a, a guarantor for loans, and I went to the hospital system, healthcare, and um, and eventually landed at EMC Squared, which is a big data company and was there for several yeah. years. And when we got acquired by Dell, then I went to Dell, went for Dell. Um, oh, I that. And I went we'll at right I'm okay. by yeah. way of romantic. I yeah. was the head of yeah. Yeah. and oh, yeah. I'm on the board of Latinx and gaming. I worked with black and gaming, gave us color. So, I, <laughs> I'm currently in my own business. I have an augmented reality business and also uh consultant for diversity, equity, and inclusion within gaming and, and small businesses. And um and my focus is really to build equity through empathy during this time in my life. And uh one of my clients is Unity. So I work closely with Unity um and helping them build equity through empathy.
0: That's awesome, and it's so important you're having those conversations with Unity because, as you know, you know the metaverse has existed in the gaming industry for decades. You know, long before Facebook became Meta, and there's just you know no time like the present for everyone to recognize how much value this is going to be in the future, and and how much missed opportunity there could be if if we don't get on board. Can you speak to that a little bit.
1: Well, there's there's I mean, with anything that you're building, that you talk about it being decentralized or you know having opportunity for black and brown folk uh it's definitely there yes there is an opportunity there but one thing that i'm noticing is that the the metaverse is very anonymous and and so with it being so anonymous and we can hide behind nfts and hide behind avatars and it's how do we build in opportunities for us to have respect empathy, opportunity for each other. And and how do we create safe spaces for people to be their authentic selves, um, regardless of their background from marginalized genders or ethnicities? You know, and I think that's a conversation that happens when something blows up. People don't like to have it happen. That, people don't like to have that conversation before it actually happens. And what I'm trying to do is it make sure that we're, Educating people on the benefits of the metaverse, but and also reminding them that uh, very quickly it can become very toxic if we don't um, call out the toxicity that we already see that's happening right now.
0: That's well said. Uh, I've got a personal gripe with with Sandbox right now because of uh, the partnership with Snoop Dogg. You know, more power to Snoop Dogg. You know, hope he gets the bag and. And continues to do well in that space, but I feel like it's appropriation because I also don't know of anyone, any people of color, or the urban community that work at Sandbox. And what I would love to see is is something being given back to the community because they're certainly leveraging the urban community to create like the invisible cool and, and leveraging that celebrity status and that momentum to go raise capital at, at extreme valuations. Well,
1: that's that's just. That's just cool marketing, right? Like, I mean, if you're building a company and you haven't thought about what your, what your workforce is going to look like, that's, I literally just got off a call where I was talking to these founders, to founders um, and VCs about, you know, some people only have three employees, right? Versus a hundred to a thousand. And there's, you know, they're, they're all in this portfolio and I'm just like, yeah, this is a conversation you have at three. This is where you start working on it at three. You might not have another headcount for two years, you know, to be honest. But if you start doing the work of building a network, when it's time to grow your company, you will have that network in place because you spent time to dive in, get to know people, empower them, use your genius, use your gifts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know Sandbox. And I don't know their demographic of the workforce, so I can't speak to them particularly, but there's a lot of people who are smart and they're like, hey, if we put Snoop Dogg on something, we're gonna get all the black and brown folk, you know, who love Snoop Dogg. I mean, white folk love Snoop Dogg too. Everybody loves Snoop Dogg, right? You know, and then we're gonna and it's it's low-hanging fruit. But when you start to get then get these people on your platform, right? Is there things in place with on that platform to to keep those people who you're attracting safe? Are there things on that platform to keep the people who you're attracting Uh, engaged, you know, and let them know that they're, they're appreciated, empowered, you know, or are you just doing it for the bag? And, you know, there's two different sides of that coin.
0: For sure. Uh, Can you you talk a little bit about uh, MR? Uh, It's MR. uh, I was just looking at it. MR augmented. MR augmented. Sorry. Again, I've been up all night writing code. No,
1: it's fine. It's, It's mixed reality augmented. Okay. And, um, and our focus is on building a platform, a platform that we hope will be the one-stop shop for all things augmented reality on the blockchain.
0: That's cool. Are you at a point now where you can talk about some of your initiatives there? Or is it still kind of it's stealth still kind mode? Of
1: we do have an art show, um, an NFT art show that we're doing, an NFT augmented reality art show. So it's like it's like NFT, A-R-T, right? Like So it's augmented reality art. Um, happening in April in LA. And uh, we're excited about the opportunity to really showcase the how you can bring your NFTs into our current reality through our app.
0: Do you see any opportunities for like, especially those that, that support youth like nonprofits to be a part of what you're doing? So the thing that I was working on, I donated a bunch of time to Junior Achievement of Tampa Bay. They support entrepreneurship, financial literacy, and like, uh, career development for underrepresented groups. And and what we basically helped them do was put together like a video game version of like uh, Guess Who, if you will, for entrepreneurs so that kids who are 8, 9, 10 can understand like how important entrepreneurship is.
1: No, I, I, I was literally just talking to one of my founders like what's our give back strategy because I believe that anything worth doing you have to build it in early just like building in a balanced workforce like our team is so so balanced and what i mean is like we have people from everywhere and it's like it's beautiful because we don't think the same we don't think alike but we we empower each other and we challenge each other to be the our best selves when we come into space together and so uh that's something that's top of mind and uh specifically we we want to focus on augmented reality so if there's organizations out there that are listening right now who are interested in augmented reality and want to have a conversation, hit me up because I do believe that augmented reality is how the metaverse is going to come to our current reality.
0: We did just have a question come in live from Lowell Stevens. Thanks for joining us Lowell and everyone else on LinkedIn. It says, how will the AR platform interact with the blockchain? Is it going to work on DAPs, decentralized applications?
1: So, this these this is my jam, and I would love to have a conversation with you on the side you know, but like um essentially we're gonna build we we're, we're it is gonna be built on the blockchain and um we're investigating and researching on what what does that look like the best for us to be successful and and also understand all the nuances of working on blockchain and and fees and gas fees and if we're you know is it Ethereum? Is it Solana? Is you know, are we working with Engine? Are we working with, um, yeah, Open? You know, like there's just there's just a lot. And then and shout out to one of my homeboys. He has Disrupt Art, and it's like, it's an open sea for uh, folk who are black and brown.
0: It's great to have a platform, uh, you know. And again, you know, no shade to everyone else having success in the, in the space, but it, think it's important we, we have this opportunity in the beginning to make this right to do it the right way um, and I hate to see us repeat the mistakes of the last three or four years
1: and some and something that is imperative is is there are whole generations that are not connected to this space because they don't they it's 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 like when web web one was coming to web two right that conversation around what is this? We have camcorders, we have the movie theaters. Why do we need to be able to stream things on our own or blah, 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 or yak, yak, yak? And and I really do care about our 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 communities that maybe may lack trust in in the systems that are are being built. And so how do we build a platform that is a one stop shop where it's like easy, step one, boom, step two, and it's all in one. So you're, you know, everything's there. Like you don't have to go to five apps in order to, to, you know, get your stuff together. And so this is, this is, this is the thing.
0: I even struggle with it. So I'm still trying to understand all the nuances of the space. And, and I have an IT degree. It's just, it, it's odd to me that, you know, Bitcoin's now 13 years old. Like the technology has been around for a decade and it, it isn't really any more user friendly than when it, I got introduced to it back in 2013.
1: I, I, I have really sad stories about Bitcoin because I I used to use it a lot when I would go to Vegas Um, and to understand that it was like at the time when I was using, it was like a dollar for dollar. Right. Like, so it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't where it is now. And so I'm just like, woo. I was like, Jesus, why don't you tell me we have, we, Jesus, I'm coming to you, Lord. You know? And I was just like, why did I get, you know? And I would always go to Vegas and just like, Hang out. I love to play pool and do tournaments. And then I would, I would like whatever money I won. I would just leave it there because then I would use that whenever I would return. And um, yeah, it's not the same. And so this is why I'm trying to educate our folk to to dive in. Uh, A friend of mine is doing an article. I don't know if she's released it yet. Um, Her name is Cynthia Overton. Whenever she does release it, I'll make sure I come back to this post and 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 drop it. But it's on, it's on the metaverse and on uh, DAOs and on uh, autonomous, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Decentralized organizations and and platforms and all that kind of stuff. And she talks about VR and how VR has been around for a long time. And and now we're seeing different uses of it. Those uses have always been there. But I, I have to beg to talk about access to, you know, hardware is is not easy right like one thing that i know even though it's expensive we all have is a phone right and so that's why for us we're looking at augmented reality because you can just use your phone to augment your current reality versus having to buy a headset or buy um some glasses or you know just to yeah there's levels to your experience if you have the funds or if you have the means in order to engage in those things but how do we make it possible for average Joe Schmo, you know, to be able to have an, uh, an experience that's worthwhile?
0: And it's, you're right, it's all about accessibility. It should be as easy as using your phone, and, and it's not. And It should be as, as cost effective as using your phone, and it's not. An, and as a result, a large percentage of, of the global population is just kind of still sitting on the bench or on the sidelines. There you go. You you used to work at Niantic and you led their diversity, equity, and inclusion. For leaders in the Web3 space, what advice would you have to build a culture that it's it's able to be, to even see that it's lacking inclusion and build like an effective strategy for becoming more inclusive?
1: Well, I think it starts with understanding state of your current like depending on where you're at and understanding the state of where your company is it's like how do we go about making sure that like it's funny okay I'll back up I was just talking to someone who said I you know a a black man who said I don't I don't see color like I've hired this balanced team and you know I just I look at resumes I see who it is and and I had to have a fun conversation where I was like you're a black man in America. Your experience is very different than a white man who's affluent who hasn't had to go through different things in life to, to get to where he is. Like you know, like maybe an education, maybe some support from family members. But like, um, you're gonna think differently about hiring just by basis of who you are, right? And so you need to engage with folk who, who can who you can cast your vision of your company on. And they engage and say, let's do this together. And if you get some a balanced team like that, then the world is your oyster because then you're able to have representation in these hiring, and in these interview panels, have people who look like the people who you're trying to attack, attack, Jesus. Look how the people you're trying to attract, right? Um, it, within the company and people can come in and see a pipeline, see a, a trajectory to leadership, right? Because they see someone who looks like them and empowers them. Um, So it starts on day one. I don't know if there's, there's no cookie cutter approach to how to hire the best talent, but you have to have a desire and you have to want to engage.
0: I had a similar conversation with uh, one of the local sports teams here, you know, all the traditional sports took a hit over the last two years. And then this one particular team was in a good spot to start to replenish their staff. And so they're trying to figure out like how do they speak to the urban community because they recognize that they were lacking in inclusion. Um, And so I simply suggested that it, it would be beneficial to them to like go hire someone to help write like job descriptions, speak in the voice of the community you wish to attract because you can read the culture in the writing, or you can read the absence of culture in the writing as well.
1: Well, that's that's a big place where you're that's why I say it matters. Like representation matters. Like, so for example, the way it's the way you start is by finding someone who's willing to be the first, right. And don't just treat the first, like you would treat everybody who works there already. And I think that's the thing that people don't understand. You have to build in that equity gap. I talk a lot about equity and I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about that gap of understanding of, what does it look like to be successful within your organization and your company? So literally saying to someone, hey, we want you here. We understand the current state of where we're at. And we understand that you're possibly going to be the first, right? But well, because of that, we've got you a buddy. We've got you a coach. We've aligned one of our executives to to be an advocate for you. Like it's Like, it's like, oh, wow, they're serious about this. They know that I'm the first. They know that I'm going to have an uphill battle, but they've built a system around me to help me be successful. They're committed to my success.
0: You need a strong team. I mean, nobody, very few people are able to to go it along, right? It takes a village to raise a child. So I agree with you. Uh, Do you feel conflicted when you are growing both of your businesses, uh, obviously a stellar entrepreneur and a professional um, about having the conversation around the intersectionality of like race and gender. Let me ask that question differently. Have you ever felt like people only want to talk to you about that subject versus like the.
1: Oh, all the time. I mean, it's easier. It's easy to, to know that I'm a thought leader in this space and just be like, okay. But they don't understand that I'm also um, an operations guru and I'm also a tech person, you know, and I love augmented reality and I love gaming. So it's like, it's like, oh, how do we build this? And then, you know, when, when the conversation changes to engineering, it's like, Oh, when I, when I open my mouth, it's like, Oh, what does she have to say? Like, and I'm like, no, I actually know I was a product manager at Dell for several years, you know? And so it's like, also um, my thoughts could help your product. Right. Because I'm thinking from a different perspective than what the, the collective is, is normally used to. And so, yes, I do see that, but it doesn't, I'm very unique in the sense that i it doesn't stop me from from speaking, but I do know that there are some places where people will just quiet be quiet because they they don't feel like they're seen or heard or they're put in a box
0: and Where do those individuals who feel like they have no voice go? I know that we've talked about like the lack of resources and again in the urban community for particularly the metaverse and n f t space like Is there a solution there?
1: They usually go to Twitter. Fun time, one time. Um, I mean, I'm just being honest. Like there, like the community is, is, is strong on Twitter. And so if there's something going on, like a lot of times they'll, they'll put it out there and if their network catches it, they'll get answers or they'll get a community that rally, rallies around them. Um, if they're a part of a DAO, then their voice should matter. Right. Like, because they're a stakeholder in that, in that decentralized autonomous organization. Um, and that's the thing that's crazy that I've been talking about with one of my friends who um, who started Miami Tech Runs and started LA Tech Runs and um, the, they're both DAOs, basketball DAOs. and I was like you know how much do you create how much do you, is you you being a mastermind behind this how much of this have you created and how much of it is the collective that's like a random you know but it's like and then how are you building the culture to be inclusive. So, so that everybody has, um, can lean in, you know, or have a seat at the table and what forces, you know, like, and, and I, these are, this is just me with my, I call them, I have a bunch of dumb questions. Like I just like, so, you know, if I buy all of the coins, does that mean that this is just my DAO? You know what I mean? Like, these are questions that I have because I'm just like, there, what is to stop someone from being a predator or what is to stop someone from coming in and just trying to use their 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 blessing of generational wealth to take over others.
0: Yeah, I've seen that conversation happening as well on LinkedIn. People just talking about you know having the staking, basically proof of stake is is uh, it heirs to to wealth, right? Those who have have more say so in those organizations. And and to your point, they're anonymous, so it could be one individual who's a whale, or it could be the same individual with fifty accounts controlling the decision making power of any given organization.
1: And that, and that's what I'm saying. This is These are conversations we need to have now as we're building this space because what's to stop it from being like the stock market?
0: Yeah, I think what is it, uh, you know, right now we even see the majority of, of ownership of most coins is being held by a, a tiny single digit percentage of, of wallets. There you go. So in that way, it's already being like the stock market.
1: And that's where... I think raising awareness and letting people know that the more people who get involved in this, it will balance the system out. But with the wells, that's another thing too, is crypto wells are a thing, you know, and how do we engage with them early on, the ones that actually care, right? If you're a crypto crypto well and you're interested in this space, holler at me and Marcus so that we can talk about ways that we can, you know, like if you're a crypto well, that means that you have millions and millions of dollars at your dispense, right? what is taking some of that to get back to the community to educate them on how to build spaces like this so that it can be what it's meant to be which is a space where everybody can can generate generational wealth for their communities and for their families and and build creative ideas like this is the one thing i love about this um what really blew up the blockchain was nfts and it's why because it's creative it's it's our own spice on things and it can be as as pretty or as ugly as it wants to be, and there's only one in the world who thinks that it's beautiful, right? And so it's that's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, art is certainly subjective. Uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I want to take a quick break now. If we have any questions, again, we're live here with Trinidad Media on episode eight of the podcast. If you have anything, feel free to send those in the chat. We're answering those questions live. So Trinidad, what are you really excited about for kind of the metaverse space in, in this year? given everything you've seen happen last year besides the price, hopefully for Bitcoin coming back.
1: Ooh. Um, I'm excited. So I'm going to a couple of conferences. I'm going to eat Denver. I'm excited to see what that is going to look like and who's going to be there. I'm also considering going to NFT and it's a conference in um, uh, uh, Arizona. Um, and so I just, I'm really excited about building in the community, right? Like, and the, the reason that I'm so interested in this space is because like augmented reality, I really, truly believe, is the way that we're going to be able to bring this metaverse to life, right? And there's a lot of well companies and bang companies that are focused on this augmented reality because I think that they have the same idea. So how do we get ahead of the game and start to see ways that we can like test and use case like different scenarios and how we can bring this to life? So that's what excites me about the future because I really do believe that um, we're we're on a precipice of something transformative and, and new, and um, along with along with the idea of we're still in a global pandemic, we're all trying to figure out what what does this life look like for all of us. But then also that community aspect of understanding how people think, move, shake is 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 heartwarming to me because it i feel like it also i think timing just bear with me because my mind's all over the place it's going so fast but like i don't know if nfts would have been as popular as they are if we weren't going through a global pandemic so it's like there's more people at home more people spending time to create there's like there's so many as much as the pandemic is like heart-wrenching and it sucks I I see how for some folk it's given them a refocus on what matters to them. And with that, I believe that the, there's a lot of, and there's going to be a lot of great collaborations. Um, uh, My partner went to Art Basel and, and met some great people, but Art Basel was very predominantly white, you know? And so how do we have installations uh, like, you know, Look at these, even the art space, and find ways that we can build in more equity for Black and Brown folks, who are usually the ones that are producing the majority of the art that everybody loves. You know what I mean? And likes to engage engaging. So, two thoughts.
0: I was uh, in a LinkedIn event two, three days ago, and there was a, a kind of a Black History question, and I'm blanking on the answer now. So forgive me, but there's a, a gentleman who has a record for like the most expensive, one of the most expensive pieces of art ever sold, um, and. His art wasn't worth anything while he was alive. He didn't have get the value of his art, and then wow. after he passed away, it, the value skyrocketed. And then, whenever this record-breaking sale happened, like none of that money went to his family's estate. So even wow. though he created this value, like none of it. There's no even in death, the value of, of of his equity was not distributed back to his own family.
1: See, and that and understanding that just shows a gap, a gap in the system. You know who created the art. You know who the family is. Why would you do that? And we have the blockchain. We have the. You know what I mean, like.
0: Hopefully, it's a problem that that will go away. And right, we have the blockchain now, and and I do support seeing more art there. I think you know some of it is is highly subjective, but whatever the creative assets are, the IP, whatever the you know, just the the ownership, the equity of that needs to be. Tied to a person so that they can will it down to their families, and make it something that generational wealth.
1: And that, I mean, that could be, that has, but I, I don't think people think of that when they're just putting something on OpenSea or they're like, but that could be built into the smart contract.
0: For sure. We've got another question in from Lowell. It says, if a VC firm was to make an investment in your company, where would they see that reflected? What would the money go toward?
1: I'm going to give you the simple answer. It would be going towards the engineers to build the platform. Like, I mean, that's like, I really want to pay my engineers. If you have your VC and you're interested in talking, hit me up because I have right now two engineers that are my main engineers and they have full-time jobs. You know, I would love to get them to work full-time for me so that we can build this and make this happen. Um, But right now we're, we're doing with what we have and we're, Engaging in communities that are, that are helping
0: us figure it out. Have you considered trying to launch your own crypto or do an IDO? Is, is that too early? Mark,
1: Marcus, Marcus, Stop talking. You know,
0: like, <laughs> I mean,
1: that's, that's, that's the thing, too. It's just, like, there's so many avenues, right? Like, it's, like, because um, I definitely think we're going to have our own coin. You know what I mean? Like, our own coin and our own, you know, Dow, you know, these are all things that are, that are long-term vision and goals. Um, but we're trying to, to gather research and really make the right, the best decision on what's the first step. Like, do we, do we even have the, the, the network to launch an NFT and make money off of that and use that to pay someone? You know what I mean? Do we like, cause I feel like that would be dope as well. But as far as our, our art show in, in April, That's to raise awareness. And as we raise awareness with um, investors, with advisors, then I think there might be like an opportunity to say, wow, here's some areas that we need investments in because we are, we are looking, we are looking for investments, but we, we don't, and this is going to sound bougie, but it's like, you know, most people are like, oh, here's this, but we want this. And I'm like, hmm how about we'll come back when we have a product, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, because we're building it, so it's going to be done eventually. And I think that's the part that is like a struggle when you're um, black and brown owned business, right? And you're, and you have this grandiose idea and 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 the space is moving so quickly. So the fun fact is like, I'm grateful that I'm not anxious, but I am aware. And so I that's the part where I'm trying to be wise and um, make sure that we connect with the right people. So that's why I'm networking. I'm going to spaces, and I'm um, one thing we haven't done a lot of is gone on Twitter Spaces because I don't want us to like start talking about what we're building, and then some VC hears it and they're like, "Oh, let's just find someone in our team to do it." I mean, and that that's inevitably inevitably going to happen, but at the same time, it's like, "Hey, this is an idea, and we believe that this idea was cre- you know supernaturally downloaded." So let's see if we can, like, get something.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I've had that experience uh, working with a consultant. This was years ago with Project MQ, my former indie game company, where my brother and I went to a consulting firm. Um, They were just generally supporting game developers, and we presented this idea. And and we didn't really hear back from them. radio silent on us. And then, like, I don't know, 12, 18 months later, like, see this brand-new company that almost, word-for-word, like, had segments of our business plan, like or or the language of what we presented them represented. And, you know, as the founding idea, like, oh, it just came to them. So I, I totally hear that.
1: Listen, I mean, and that's and and you don't realize that until you realize how volatile this market is. Let's talk about that. Like how many who are looking at this have gotten on their Instagram at least 10 to 15 people saying we got NFTs. We want, like, if the minute you put something around cryptocurrency on your profile, or I have a friend right now who I love dearly who has been doing cryptocurrency, like, it's called her company's called Crypto Tutors. She's been doing this for a while, and someone created a fake account, and they're using her brand as a person to tell people, Hey, I'll educate you on cryptocurrency, taking their money and doing nothing. So there's So as much as I love this space, I'm also aware that there are a lot of toxic, there's scammers, there's scammers out there, there's people who are, who are just looking to take advantage of people. And that's not what we're about. We're really trying to create a safe space where people can have their one stop shop, learn how to do this, but then also it's going to be AR and geolocated.
0: Oh, snap. I I don't want you to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Maybe you're not ready to talk about this yet, but for the art show, is it going to be like all digital uh, hybrid?
1: It's going to be. So it's going to be uh, digital, but we have a fabrication team who's going to make them make the experience
0: hybrid. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. But we're anchoring 3D assets, anchoring. In in a mapped space,
0: and I think that that bridges the gap, right? Because so many people are still seeing this as kind of futurist, even though a lot of it's happening today. So it's it's in their best interest to start to learn more about it. And and it's just it's heartbreaking to see, like you said, people getting scammed left and right because there's so many layers of complexity that it's it's tough to be like on it on all of it, and it only takes fraction of an error and you either get scammed or I've even lost some NFTs in the last couple of weeks because I sent the wrong, the right address on the oh. wrong network.
1: <laughs> wow. What network? Uh,
0: I, it was supposed to send it through MetaMask, but I used Brave and I, I sent a BSE address instead of the Ethereum network.
1: See, and that's, that's not something that you have a a, a handbook for. Right. like, And that's that's another thing, too, is like because this space is moving so fast, how many people are taking the time to educate folks on on how to navigate it? Right. There's a couple of links and maybe I'll I'll I will put them in this whenever this is on LinkedIn. I'll I'll put them on there. But like when I first started getting interested in this space, I um there's someone who created a, a Google Doc and it's still living right now and they edit it as time goes on. But this Google Doc is so informative because it just gives you basic understanding of Web one, and Web two, Web three, what a DAO is, what the blockchain is, what are these networks, what are the coins, you know, like all kind of things. And it's like, yes, finally, someone thought like, let me share this with my family, right? But now we share it collectively. The more people who get understanding around it, um, one of my friends, the one who's writing the the um the article, I uh. She's like, wow, you really, you really just did, you, you you tap something with me. I'm all into NFTs now, and I love them, you know. And I'm just like, and it's so beautiful to see that uh, because, and NFTs are one thing. I'm hoping that in the future, you know, um, our degrees are are smart contracts. Our degrees are NFTs. Why? Because then we can see that they came directly from the school, right? Versus someone saying, "I went to Harvard," and you have no like. People aren't checking, fact checking what we say. You know, houses can be bought bought on the blockchain. Land mm-hmm. could be bought. And I'm not talking about metaverse land and I'm talking about real land and you know what I mean? And and keepsakes and, and memorabilia can be um solidified on the blockchain so that we're not depending on insurance. We're not depending on uh, oh now I'm if I get if, if I die tomorrow, you know who did it, the insurance industry. Um, but, you know, like there's just there's just certain things that I think that we we depend on old systems in order to supposed to pay us back, supposed to give us val- validation. And it's like, no, we we can do that on the blockchain.
0: My my dad's side of the family has some air property up in middle Georgia, and he would tell me stories all the time as I was growing up that they every year would lose a piece of their hour my air property because you know, it's, it's the middle of Georgia. It's the deep South and and racism still has its roots very heavily in that area. And especially when he was growing up in the sixties and seventies. So like the, the nearby landowners would basically just like pick the post up and move them. And as African-Americans in central Georgia in the sixties and seventies, like, where do you go to challenge that it's, it's their word against ours.
1: That's, that's the the point that I'm trying to make. It's like, Something's got to give. We have, we have the tools. And that's one of the, and so this is something I know we're talking about, like the metaverse and stuff, but I've, I've always talked about, this is like years ago, I love talking about the music industry and the blockchain. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought that, um, splits should be smart contracts. Um, and what I mean by splits, I mean royalties. Royalties should be smart contracts. Um, having artists coming onto a record label and you're, you're formulating a contract that could be so volatile, right? Like, or you put it on the blockchain. And then so it's automatic, right? As far as like the the blockchain knows who it goes to. And then it's clear to everybody what it, who goes to and why. But because we're so used to, it's sort of like pay equity. It's like, we know that women get paid cents to a dollar, right? We get, we know that women get paid less than men, but what is the push to actually changing that? We have all the data, bro. It's out there. Like we have a day every year. We have two days, a global one and then a U.S. one. Right. Like, so it's like if we know that pay equity is an issue and we have a solution to it, why aren't we why aren't we building the solution? Because people are OK with with ignoring it.
0: So do you think that the blockchain will, will change those things? Is when I, you know, it, 10 years ago, I was very optimistic about blockchain. And, and now I'm unfortunately much less optimistic.
1: i I'm hoping that as the i'm I'm hoping that the Nft bus brings more light to smart contracts in the blockchain and gives the opportunity for us to be more accountable. I don't know if it's going to be there. I can't call it, but um
0: excellent, excellent. Well we've got a few minutes left here. Uh, if anyone else has questions in LinkedIn, welcome to post those. In the chat, we'll see those here and get those asked. Uh, while we're waiting on some of those, do you have any final thoughts? And if, if not, you know, what what other things people will be looking out for from you besides the art show and, and the stuff that you can't talk about yet?
1: I know that's so crazy. I've never had to not talk about something. Um, well, I am cons- I'm I'm consulting with companies around diversity, equity, and inclusion and in belonging and finding ways to build equitable pipelines and then also coach. I advise leaders and leadership development. <coughs> um, I'm traveling. Um, I might be relocating to Miami um, because, you know, cryptocurrency is a thing there and I think it might be a dope move, um, but I'm praying about it and trying to get my business partner, at least one of them to, to sign off on that. And then uh, also looking for ways to continue to be creative. I love, I love sitting with people and thinking about problems and how to solve them. I love thinking about ways to think out, thinking about how I love to think outside the box when it comes to any topic. And so that's my, like, that's like my jam right now, along with developing myself, like making sure that I have peace, making sure that I know where my hope comes from, making sure that my family is okay. And, and um, looking for new ways to build generational wealth. I'm still doing, I'm still doing like learning and development courses. I teach, and um, and do conferences and all that kind of stuff. So you'll see me on the circuit. But really, my my heart is at how do we build generational wealth for for our people.
0: I've had some folks ask me for recommendations for advisors. Is that something that you're open to? Do you have bandwidth for it?
1: Yeah. So it's oh, I didn't mention. Okay. So, um, Beamable, uh, their CEO, John, he's always talking about the metaverse. So check him out. I'm actually an advisor for Beamable. And like, so I love, I love this stuff and I love advising and I love, if I could just, if you'd make it easy for me where you're like, let's just set up a call once a month where you advise on what's going on. I'm like, boom, give me some equity. We're good. You know what I mean? Like, let's roll, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm totally down.
0: Cool. Cool. i got a couple introductions to send your way.
1: What are you excited about?
0: Well, I just got you know the first couple copies of the book. Uh, and thank you for contributing that that amazing thought leadership piece to see if I can, for the people who are watching. So I love the quality book. of the book. That's you, that's not you. That's not you. It's 328 pages in here. Probably should have put a bookmark in here before the episode, so people didn't have to sit here and wait. But yeah, and I'm gonna turn that light off. So thank you for this piece, which is important for the culture, right? Uh, trying to break that generational curse of, of families not being, or families being too afraid to have their children take the risk that they couldn't take themselves.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm still big on that. I'm still big on that. I actually was just talking about it today because I, when I was talking to the founders, I was like, you know why my parents are not millionaires? And they're like, they looked at me, you know, I like to be interactive, but not everybody likes to be interactive, like because they were working at IBM and Cisco and Solyndra and Texas Instruments. And when the Googles and the Facebooks opened up, that was a risk because when they first started, it was all about equity. No, Like even started startups now, like we can give you equity. We can't give you a job. Right. And that's why I'm like, if a VC were to give me um, a million dollars, I'm going to get my engineers, you know, to to, to be able to quit their jobs and do this full time, we would fly, you know, but it's like when you're trying to build something and you don't have the capital and you're trying to like, you know, I have my full time job and then I work. This is why, Marcus, this is why I don't sleep, you know, and that's that's the thing. I'm texting Marcus with like random stuff at two o'clock in the morning. He's like, OK, turn it out the way, you know, but like at the same time, it's like I have to do that to build the dream to build the dream that I believe is going to change lives. Right. So it's, it's, it's a mixed a mixed bag. Okay.
0: Well, you, I appreciate you for dreaming and, and for, for building because you're a leader in this space and, and I learned so much from you and I'm sure people who are on the episode today in the audience and, and when this gets broadcast out uh, and on the audio channels, will learn so much from you as well. Thank you for your time. Before you leave again, if you could just quickly, shamelessly plug websites so we can to learn more about you, find you, and connect with you.
1: Uh, so, my name is Trinidad Hermita. I do have a website, com. Uh, also, Mr. Mr. Augmented or MR because it's not genderized, it's just easy to say. Um, and also, you can find me on Twitter. This is Trini, LinkedIn, Trinidad Hermita. Um, My cash app is Twitter. No, I'm saying (laughs) I'm
2: saying.
1: No, I just, I, I'm, my email is info at com.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you again for your time. Thank you, everyone, for joining us live. Everyone's listening into this when it gets broadcast out on, on uh, Spotify and and Amazon, Uh, soon to be iTunes, as soon as I finish signing up for their console, which is a lot of hoops to jump through. And we have another episode coming up this Thursday with Tim Rayner, who is the CTO of Gamify. So we'll be talking about the metaverse some more and and his perspective on kind of the technology hurdles in the space. In the meantime, thank you all for joining us and for your continued support. And we'll see you later. Bye-bye, friends. bye